from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, did you grow up listening to Jamie Dunn and Agro on the radio? Or maybe you were glued to the TV for Agro's Cartoon Connection. There's much more to the Jamie Dunn story and he is this episode's special guest. It's Monday, July 31, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Depending on where you've lived in Australia, it will depend on who you've known first. Was it Agro or was it Jamie Dunn? With an entertainment career which began in the mid-70s and still going strong with the live stage show Agro Up Late, Jamie Dunn is synonymous with fun and good times. And wow, that sounds like a radio promo. Thank you for speaking with Ipswich today, Jamie Dunn. (laughs) Alan, how are you going? I am going fantastic, but I want to start in the period before Agro and even before you were playing and singing in a band. It's your birthday coming up in August. Where were you born? Uh, I was born, listen to this, how's this for a town? Gravesend. I was born in Gravesend, Kent, England. And I didn't tell too many people out here for fear of being lynched. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad, uh, my dad came out in 1957 and mum and the kids came out in 1958. So, yeah. Wow. So where did you go to school? Broccoli State School and Salisbury High School. And now that makes you 100% local, if uh, nothing else. Working class, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what were, who were, what and who were your early influences in life? Oh, Beatles. Uh, as far as music goes, mm. uh, it, it was uh, Beatles, Beatles and more Beatles. And here we are. My dad told me that, you know, there'll just be a flash in the pan, but here we are still playing Beatles music. How many years later? Like Paul McCartney's 85 or something. Incredible. Yeah, when you think about it, b- back in the 70s, if we played music that was 40 years old, no one would be listening. Yeah, and as far as yeah. comedy goes, I-, I grew up, my brother was very big on the goons, you know, the oh, British yeah. comedies. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, Eric Sykes, uh, the goons, um, I, and I used to go to the Salisbury uh, Pictures and, and watch when they used to have a little short before the main movie, I'd watch The Three Stooges and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you're growing up, even though I'm just a few years younger than you, mirrored mine, but I was over on the north side going to the Kalanga pictures and you went to the Salisbury pictures. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> seriously, how good was Brisbane to grow up in? It seriously. was, yeah. You know, it was just fantastic. I, you know, I was thinking, you know, now that I'm, 74 now in August, this this birthday, uh, and I was thinking, what I, would I put on my uh, headstone, you know? And um, I, I thought about it and I thought, what a cracker of a life. I have had a seriously enjoyable life. I really have. Let's talk about when you were getting into music, playing, playing whatever you – you were playing drums, weren't you? I was a yeah. drummer, yeah. yeah. How did a band come about and can you remember your first public performance? I can. It was at Acacia Ridge um, at, uh, at a party, and um, I remember we played uh, Chains. But is it Chains? Chains? Yeah, yeah. Chains. My baby's got me locked up in Chains. 
And we had to play it three times because we didn't have enough uh, songs to get through the night. Oh, wow. How old were you then, roughly? Oh, would have, I think I would have been 15 or 16, yeah. something like that, yeah. Well, into the 70s, you did get playing in the band. Uh, where were you playing around Brisbane? Oh, we were playing just everywhere. Um, we were backing a lot of artists. As a matter of fact, I, I was in Ipswich at a place called Teen Scene, mm. which was up uh, at the Ten Pin Bowling, uh, you know, as you're going out of town on Brisbane Street. Yep, yep. The left. A lot of people have fond memories of that because there's no uh, Ten Pin Bowling here at the moment in the city. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I was uh, I was up there backing uh, Russell Morris back in the day. Oh, well, he's a big star. <laughs> he's a big star. <laughs> oh, good bloke too, yeah, yeah. Well, in 1975 or thereabouts, you recorded a song, Jamie Come Home, which you wrote. Did that come to you easily? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrote about something I loved myself. Yeah, I thought it was. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, that was supposed to be the B-side. And um, uh, they always used to say if you had a single, always write the B-side. Like um, John Farnham uh, wrote, you know, and he's not a songwriter, but he wrote uh, the B-side of Sadie. It's paid the same amount back in the day when you were selling records. You got paid the same amount for the B-side as you did the A-side. So a lot of artists used to write the B-side, which is what I did, and I was going to actually release uh, every time you walk in the room, <laughs> but um, I put uh, Jamie Come Home on the B-side and they flipped it over and, well, it, it did pretty well. You yeah, know? well, it charted well in Queensland, your home state. Now, that was a really big deal because you had to fork out a few dollars. There were no home studios back then to, re- to record in, but... As you say in the song, you've played them all, every school social outing and every little church hall, so it's definitely about you. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I was I was a drummer for a long time, and backing artists in pubs, you know, seriously, I was sitting there thinking, this guy's getting a couple of hundred bucks and I'm getting 30. What's going wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I decided I'd uh, give it a go. And I did my first floor show uh, at the Prince Alfred Hotel. And I was so good that the guy refused to pay me. What? How does that work? <laughs> uh, he just went, he went, you were crap, I'm not paying. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, but seriously, Alan, that, that, that's the sort of stuff that gives you, like, to get the money. Mm-hmm. And, and then 20 years later, it was 60 bucks, 20 right. years later, the same guy had, um, oh, what was it called? It was in Ipswich Mall, Easy Easy Street or something like that. Uh, I do remember uh, a place called Easy Street, yes. Yep. Yeah, he booked Agro and, um, to, to do a, a, a show, and I charged him $2,060. <laughs> <laughs> up for that earlier 60. That is great. He paid me downstairs, and he's gone, you know, we were in the little cage and he's given me cash and he's gone, you know, uh, uh, 1,000, 1,500, uh, 2,000. And then he went 20, 40, 60. He'd forgotten that I, I was the crap singer that he did. <laughs> 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 but it took, took me 20 years, but I got me 60 bucks. Oh, that's a great story. Jamie, we'll talk about your encounter with Agro very soon, but I just want to play that song because it's going round and round in my head. Let's listen to Jamie Come Home. Yeah. 
every school social out and every little church hall I've played ball. Jamie's big song in Queensland in 1975, Jamie Come Home, a song all about himself. Did you have about the sound? I sounded like I was 14. Well, <laughs> it, it is a bit hard to pick. Uh, but who, were the, who were the girls singing in there with you? Can you remember? Uh, it was Jenny Clark, just a couple of local girls just uh, came along. And uh, Gary McDonald was a guitarist in the band up at um, Cloudland. And uh, he went on to do music and movies and television shows and stuff. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, we recorded that uh, uh, at Multimedia, that's what it was called. That's right, quite a famous studio in its day. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, it was just local, you know. Mm. But the songwriting and performing didn't seem to be paying the bills, is that right? Yeah, yeah, you think, see, and, and this is all part of the knowledge you build up, you know, when someone says, you were crap, I'm not paying, <laughs> then you have to deal with that situation. And anyone in bands... Well, that you get a unique knowledge of one how to get your money, you know. Two, how to deal with difficult people, how to deal with hecklers, you know, you name it. When I moved on to uh, radio, I got an offer to do some radio, and and I always work on the assumption I say yes to everything. If you're in entertainment in Australia, you can't make money, so and you got to say yes to everything, and then learn out how to do it afterwards if you know what i mean and and i that's what i've done my whole life like when agro came about yeah that's what i was going to ask you how did that come about you and channel seven and agro well there was another guy who did agro um you can gasp at the end of this sentence alan <laughs> yes. um, you ready yes uh, i wasn't the first agro no oh, no it's a gasp i need <gasps> no oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's better well he um, I wrote a song for Fiona and Agro, Fiona McDonald and Agro, uh, and that was that guy, Gary. 
and he had an issue with Seven. He he wanted the rights to Agro and threatened to sue Channel Seven to get the rights. In the cold light of day now, that seems like a ridiculous proposition, but that's what he did. He used to work for Channel Seven, so they sacked him immediately. Oh, that was a career limiting move then. They rang me at home at Maruka four seven four eight one three was the phone number, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Channel Seven rang on Friday night and said because they heard I did a, a monologue in the middle of the uh, song I'd written for Fiona and Aga for him to do, and um, they'd heard my voice there and they rang me at home and said. Will you do aggro tomorrow morning live on television? Are oh, you kidding? You literally had a night's notice. My, yes. I didn't even pause. I went, yes, absolutely. I'll be and there. I spent all night learning the voice, working on the voice, working on the voice. And I turned up to Channel 7 at 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock the next morning to do live television. And I put my hand in the puppet. And I'm going, you know, um, oh, we got the Smurfs, we got the Snorks, you know, we go, we're giving away a trampoline. <laughs> and uh, the production manager who turned up to make sure that the puppet, uh, you know, was at least acceptable, crawled across the floor in live television, held up a note that he'd written in uh, Nico pen, and it said, can you please make the puppet's mouth move when he speaks? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, was it Boris's show that was first? Well, Boris had uh, Boris's Breakfast Club. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, we had the Super Saturday show. And um, what happened was they had a show out of Sydney called Cartoon Connection. And it, it, it's a cruel business television. Like Agro on a Saturday morning was pulling massive ratings. It just, it, it was like, really strong ratings. Disney wanted to put a children's show together. They looked at all the ratings and said, well, that's where most of the kids are watching on Saturday mornings. And so then they pulled me into Channel 7 and said, um, I've got some good news and bad news. And I said, well, okay, give me the bad news. And he said, well, we're taking uh, Super Saturday off air. And I stood up because I was arrogant in those days. I'm a lot more humble these days. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> and the managing director's desk. Well, I won't use the word I said, but I, I well, the good news better be real friggin' good. Good. <laughs> giving you Cartoon Connection every weekday. So they changed it to Agro's Cartoon Connection, and whammo, that's how it started. And that is how most people would have met probably Agro first in other parts of Australia, because it was nationwide, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and interesting, because I sold. Uh, the Super Saturday show, you know, I'd go and do bits and pieces everywhere, you know, saying yes to everything. And if I'd gone to Adelaide, then I'd go out to Channel 7 in Adelaide and say, you should take um, Super Saturday show. And and we slowly got round Australia, you know. We got, got into Adelaide and Perth and Melbourne. And I remember being – I was called in at Channel 7 a lot. I was called back. And, and there's, there's one of the guys, one of the executives up there said um, – You've got to stop selling Agro's shows. That's not your job. I said, well, no one else is doing it. <laughs> and it was working. And it was working. They were picking <laughs> up. Even I, I did a deal when I went to Darwin in the mall there. Um, I did a deal with the television station up there 
to take sections of uh, Agro's show off the satellite and put it to air. So, <laughs> yeah, wow, that was in an era too, Jamie, when the when local TV stations had a fair degree of local autonomy and could decide what was on and what wasn't on. It wasn't all decided in Sydney or Melbourne. Well, exactly mm. right. Although mm. the uh, Seven Network own Agro, um, initially a Brisbane TV Limited owned Agro. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had, yeah. I actually had to sign him over uh, to him because <laughs> he was going so well. In fact, I think that the entire maintenance budget of um, BTQ Channel Seven was when Agro was flying was his royalties. Gee. I know, I know, isn't it? <laughs> and, you know, you go to school and I don't know what you thought you were going to be when you were at school. When I was Salisbury High School, I didn't know what I was going to be. And I don't know whether my parents were proud of me or not. I ended up a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing all this agro TV stuff, a fairly solid job on its own. And then along came B105 in uh, 1990. Was it you or agro they wanted in the beginning? Um, in fact... They rang Channel 7 and they asked the receptionist, her name was Franca, so I know they rang and this is what they said. Can you put us through to the guy that does aggro? They didn't even know my name. And uh, they got put through and once they got put through, of course, after, you know, my experiences on in bands, I was ready for them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I remember starting, it was 4BK, just before it was B105, and they hadn't gone, 4BK was AM, they were putting together um, an FM station, and they're going to call it B105. They did the deal with me. We're sitting there, and he said, we'll give you we'll give you $2,000 a point above 7%. And right. I said, what? Uh, uh, well, you'll definitely go up, you'll definitely go up um, two points for sure. Yeah. I said, well, if I'm definitely going to go up, why don't you add 4000 to the total now? <laughs> and, and they said, no, incentives don't work like that. You get an incentive if you go up. B105, when it launched, I don't know whether you remember, it went from 7% to 29%. I made $44,000. So that was the bonus on top of what they were paying you. I know. Oh, nice. And they called me in. They said, we want to talk about incentives. I said, oh, I love incentives. <laughs> <laughs> well, from memory, you were number one there with Ian Skippen. And um, who else was with you? Um, uh, Donna Lynch. Donna Lynch, uh, that's right. How could I forget, dear Donna? <laughs> you were there about 15 years. What are the highlights there at B105? Oh, it was so easy to do. Um, I was so relaxed. I think it was on the cusp of when radio was like, you know, when the when the jocks used to smile when they talked, it mm-hmm. would be like, you know, oh, it's a sunny day today. Yeah, it's guilty. I'm guilty. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, ch- chance of a late storm. Uh, and, uh, you know, they tie in the music. Speaking of storm, here's rain by dragon. You know. <laughs> cliche, cliche, cliche. Yeah, pretty cheesy. And I just started, and how I am talking to you now is yeah. how I was on radio. So it, it wasn't classy at all, but it seemed to – well, I, I remember um, Kyle Sandilands. There you go. There's mm-hmm. a name. Yep. When he was a street kid, he waited for me to come off air at B105 and tapped on my driver's side window as I left the building. And he said, I, I wound the window down. He said, I've got some ideas. I, You know, I've got some ideas for aggro and stuff. 
and he's a street kid. And for some reason, I don't know why, I gave him the time of day. I said, I've got an office around the corner. Come around the office and we can talk about your ideas. You know, I was only in Sydney a, a year or so ago and Kyle said to me that, you know, that, that he's never forgotten I gave him the time of day to, to talk about his ideas. I didn't accept him. He wanted to do Agra on the weekend. Ends off. <laughs> oh, wow. I did bump into Kyle before he was famous too. At, uh, he was working in Gladstone doing promotions and I think co-hosting the breakfast show. So he's done well, the young lad. <laughs> but see, isn't that, I mean, isn't that, yeah, that's right. So what happened after you finished Brisbane's biggest breakfast show? Because I was still on air talking about Lang Park and I was talking in feet and inches. So I think they were thinking, oh, he's not relating to, we want a young audience. They took me to lunch around uh, Park Road, some Chinese place there, and they said, you're, you're the cornerstone of our next two years. And about two weeks later, they took me to the coffee shop next door to B105 and said, you're finished. <laughs> that was a quick two years. <laughs> <laughs> but see, if you know, in my business or our business, if you can't take no for an answer, you're not going to get anywhere. You can't take umbrage. You can't take offence. You just got to, you know, bend like the willow and start somewhere else. Agro is the kind of friend who's a gift, really, Jamie. He keeps on giving and is back on stage with Agro Up Late, which is not for little kids, obviously by its name. Is Agro with you now? Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> Agro, thank you for coming on the phone. I've got a really important question. Are you listening? Well, Alan, you shoot. Are you listening? I don't have any ears, but I'll give it a go. Good. Do you feel violated each time you're performing? No, I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, it's an excruciating pain for a couple of seconds. It's an absolute bliss, Alan. And as long as you get a few laughs, you're happy to go back in the suitcase. Absolutely. That's where I live. All right. Well, thanks, Agro. Can you put Jamie back on? Uh, yeah. Watch the transition. Here we go. Yep. Hello. <laughs> oh, welcome back, Jamie. You're appearing at Ipswich Civic Centre Friday, September 22nd, along with Ranger Stacey. How fabulous. Yes, it's great. Uh, um. I, I was working with a guy called Ben, uh, Ben from Brisbane, who was on um, Big Brother. Um, it's his birthday. So um, I said to Stace, will you come up and do it? And she's gone, absolutely. So, um, and I don't know if you ever come across uh, Ranger Stacey, but she is just the most wonderful woman yeah. I've ever worked with. She's just absolutely tremendous. Yeah, she's great. How much of the show is prepared, scripted? Not a lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's what I like about I mean, yeah, we've got a skeleton as to, you know, we know where we're going. That's what I've always liked about Agro, that, you know, he can go off on a tangent and so forth. You know, like, like the goofs that are on YouTube uh, when I wasn't so good at work, they've had four and a half million hits. Wow. You know, who would have thought? You know, who would have thought? You know, like, nice. you know you just, it, it's strange. But... What's, you said something about uh, Kyle being in Gladstone, uh, doing promotions and then co-hosting the breakfast show, but that's what you have within you, I've got within me. You know, this sort of business teaches you a whole stack of stuff on how to put things together. This this show that we're doing, the, the, the biggest problem I've got is getting out of the box after aggro's bit. <laughs> <laughs> I can get down to an aggro. And, no, he, pro and he probably doesn't take – he wouldn't take much lip from the audience either, would he? 
<laughs> I've got a guy that comes out at the end and helps me up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie Dunn, this has been fabulous uh, catching up on the phone today. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes so people can book easily for the show Agro Up Late on September 22nd, Ipswich Civic Centre. Thanks for talking with Ipswich today, Jamie. Alan, loved it. (laughs) And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to look for handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener supported. Please make a once only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.